0: On this episode of Quantum Week, September 15th through 21st, 1985. Quantum Week! Quantum Week! Welcome to Quantum Week, I'm Matt. Matt's very loud, I'm Chris (laughs) Matt's screaming Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leave into a random week of a random year And we talk about movies and music and headlines and things Which you all know because you're you're our you are our Patreon people. You know the spiel. You could probably you're probably saying it along with us uh, or, But or today not. or not. But today we are talking about Teen Wolf and don't lose my number with a little bit of a special section on Family Ties because it's yeah, like a, doubling... Michael Jackson. Not a Michael Jackson. Michael, sorry. Michael J. Fox week.
1: Yeah, we're going to double down on Michael J. Fox. He had the number at this point in time. He had the number uh, one and three movies in the box That's office crazy. for the two three weeks before that. He had the number one and two movies in the box office and then Family Ties had their season premiere September 26, which is a couple weeks later uh that same year and uh, that was also the same season he won an emmy right his first of three uh uh, for that role of alex b keaton so at this moment in time alex b keaton is the most famous most powerful whatever most biggest movie star tv star biggest star in in the country yeah i mean he was everywhere he's everywhere um so any screen you look on look at he's on everywhere you go magazine coverage everywhere you went in the summer of 85 early fall 85 he was he was there
0: if you're Michael J. Fox, would you have rather have Teen Wolf come out first or, or uh, Back to the Future? You'd rather Back
1: to the Future come off because then Teen Wolf then plays off of that, and that's how it becomes a success. I think so. And that's what yeah. happened here.
0: That's exactly what happened.
1: Uh, one quick thing before we get to Teen Wolf. Uh, you um, Hopefully, well, by now, maybe you have seen the results of our movie poll and um, for the runoff um, between Super Troopers and Stand With Muscles. Um, we're taping this. Should we just announce the winner now? <laughs> we're taping this on a Friday, so we don't know. Max being funny. We don't know well, what has won. Uh, maybe you do, if you're hearing this. Maybe not. The poll could be going. Could be. But the, uh, the actual tournament starts on Monday. So right. get excited. Um, we'll have four movies each day going up against each other.
0: I'll have all my burners going. I'm ready to go. You're ready to go.
1: I'm excited. Laura made a cool graphic for it. We're going to release oh, really? that Sunday night. Oh, yeah, shit. it's nice. I haven't seen it. Um, so uh, we're, we're ready to go. We're amped up. I'm amped up holiday tournament it would be interesting to see what i'm really happy with the slate of movies we got i was really afraid it'd be worse than that yeah um i think everyone did a really nice job picking
0: picking them for the most part as long as santa with muscles doesn't make all make its way all the way through
1: you may have just given them the, the boost they needed. <laughs> probably no by now that that's going to be eliminated come on I, I my prediction is that super troopers 70 percent. yeah it's got to destroy it. stripped. right uh <laughs> should we talk uh Teen wolf
0: yep let's talk about teen wolf um so can I just give you my overall feeling about this? Sure. This is a poorly made, um, poorly executed film. It's basically a B movie. That's still fun to watch.
1: Uh, yes and no. So, right. So this is a movie that is significantly better than it has every, every right to be.
0: And it's basically because of Michael J Fox.
1: Kind of. I think the script is actually pretty good.
0: The script is okay. There's some weird spots. There's which I'll some talk major
1: about. problems with the script, major problems. But, um, I actually, I'm going to give this movie a B minus. Yeah. Something like that.
0: I, so it's, it's, this is the, I was trying to think of like a parallel army of darkness is kind of a parallel for me where you've got a movie. That's like, there's obvious problems. There's uh, production problems. Oh, motherfucker. I, know. I haven't seen What's the, your problem. It's okay. You I, got, I,
1: it's the whole, but the you whole. get it. But he,
0: do you, do you like him? Do
1: you like, it's the, okay. Ash? I don't get the whole, like, oh, I really I, like, I like, like, love him. That's I just a bit think much. It's, it's the anime crowd that loves him. I'm not an anime. It's uh, I'm not a really an anime guy. It is, but the same. It's a. There's a Venn diagram of people who love Bruce Campbell and love anime. It's very. Well, you
0: never watched Burn Notice, though, which is a great uh, a great TV show. The and, USA now? Yeah, it's a great yeah, TV I, show. I
1: don't, I've seen some shows in the USA. I, you know, I've seen that kind of. Yeah, I've
0: seen USA shows, too, that are shitty, but this is actually a good one. All right. And he is quite good in it. Okay. I'm
1: sure he's a decent actor. And I'm, did
0: I'm, you, you never watched uh, Briscoe County Jr.? That uh, was really good. I think
1: I, I watched it. was on Fox, right? I think I watched I it one so. episode when, 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 back when it was on. Yeah. And it doesn't really. That, that's.
0: He's got shit ton of charisma. Anyway, I see yeah. the parallel. There's an analog there between the two where where that movie does not have... Any, the Evil Dead into Army of Darkness, they don't really have a right to be entertaining, but they are because of the acting in there, because Sam of Raimi,
1: though, directed those That's movies, true. right? That's true. And he, yeah, and he, and but he did a great job with some... Was, he's directed some really good movies. He really
0: has. Like, I really like The Quick and the Dead, which is Yeah, um, it was a really that. interesting
1: movie. a yeah. Crazy cast. Uh, Hackman, DiCaprio, and Sharon Stone. Exactly. Yes.
0: It's very strange. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. And uh, he did a really nice job with the first two Spider-Man movies. Yep, he did. He did. Spider-Man 2 is really good.
0: But Army of Darkness is, is, you know, it's still kind of a B movie. I feel like this is the same way. Like, I I absolutely saw and heard production issues all over this motherfucking thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, but I still liked it. Right. This, I, It's not well directed, but I think the script is pretty good. Okay. Um, there are some major problems, but uh, not major. I guess there are problems or things that don't make sense, but... Um, the, my major flaw with this movie if we're gonna do the flaw thing sure. uh, is that the last 10 minutes are a basketball game oh you don't my care god about it's yeah which it feels is a shame like because it, the movie does such a great job in the first 80 minutes of making you care about these characters and yes. it's not just Michael J. Fox like Styles Booth Styles yes um, even the, the uh-huh. asshole guy and his and
0: Chubby oh, uh, Chubb Chub Chubb from Pee Wee's Big I, Adventure that's right, we, got, we got
1: Francis back <laughs> um, but it has like all oh, right, so it has this like litany of plus my favorite character it, one of my favorite funniest characters in the eighties coach, co- coach, the coach, the coach is, he is incredible. Funny.
0: He's really funny. This
1: guy there is so funny. How is, is this guy? How did this guy not explode? I
0: don't know. I was like, do I know this guy from somewhere? I couldn't picture him. His name anything. is Jay Tarsis. So yeah. his, uh,
1: his daughter ended up running ABC TV. Oh really? For a couple of, like was the person who ran ABC TV funny because styles married Nina Tassler. Yeah. Who runs CBS. Yes. Right that's now. Right. That's right. And the guy that wrote this, uh, co-wrote it, but um, the primary writer is it Loeb? J- yeah, Jeff Loeb. Yeah, he runs Marvel TV. That's now. right. So you have three different weird people that have connections that ran ran TV networks, which is a big. De- it's like a huge deal. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Jamie Tarsus was very young when she ran ABC. Probably
0: billion-dollar companies or something. I mean, they're huge companies. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, to run a
1: TV network is insane. And Nina Tassel runs CBS. She was Les Moonves' second-in-command for a long time. Uh, I mean, to run CBS is a major deal. And obviously, to run ABC, I want to say... I could be wrong. I want to say Jamie Tarsus might have been the person who Greena uh, lost. Oh, really? Wow. I think it was right around that time. The network was struggling. But it was right around that time. So, um... Yeah, isn't that crazy? That was crazy. Yeah, because yeah. the people in this movie, besides Michael J. Fox, don't, and I guess the guy that plays Chubb, Chubbs but Francis. I mean, that's, that's a breach, but no one really from this movie um, it became a big name, which is no. strange because I thought the Styles guy had a lot of charisma.
0: He was really good. I like Styles a lot. Yeah, he was good. They made me laugh. That was the thing. I liked their, their interaction, uh, you know, between him and Scott. Throughout the movie, I mean, I, yeah, even the dad I thought was good. I yes. thought he was like eight. And the, I, I misplaced him for the eight is enough. Yeah, Dick
1: Van Dyke, James Hampton is his name. James Hampton. Yeah, yeah. I was so like James Look. Hampton, and he was the, he was smart about this. He was the guy that stuck around, so he's in Teen Wolf 2. Yeah, so was Trubb. That's right. I guess the only people that carried over Styles decided not to do Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf too, maybe a good idea. I guess, but if you are, but then like, he didn't do anything else, so he married a very rich woman, so yeah. he's fine. Yeah. Um. So, uh, he does Teen Wolf 2. He, there was also a cartoon. Did you watch this Saturday morning cartoon? I think I probably did. It seems familiar. I did. I watched it uh, yeah. when I was growing up. And yeah. it, had, um, it had, you know, Scott Howard, but Michael J. Fox did not no, voice it. it, it Boof didn't voice it. Um, the only person who voiced it from the movie is James uh, Hampton, uh, oh, yeah. the guy, the dad. Yeah. The dad did every single thing of Teen Wolf, which I think is really smart because you might as well cash in. Why not? Right. Make as much from that as you can. Yeah,
0: and I'm sure he's their first choice because why not, why not have the consistency? But
1: Styles was a character in the cartoon too and he didn't voice it. Yeah, that's weird. You might as well. Might as well. Right? If I mean. you're not doing anything. Vo- and plus voice acting is fun i know and it's like super easy, easy. in you yeah. bust him out yeah I, I don't that's that's odd to me but yeah but that guy did at least he earned his he he made as much of it as he could i think he's really good in this he is good he plays a really like sensitive dad he does i love that he never oversells it the, that he's a werewolf
0: too to. we don't know what happened to the mom but obviously he had to kind of fulfill the whole parent role which was. It you know, like the mom
1: it seems like the mom probably passed away Passed away. yeah the way they talk about it in the past tense and everything yeah um Yeah, Yeah, I like that that's kind of said, but it's not overly done. No. Like, he's not in pain about his mom. Like, it probably happened a few years ago. He's a sensitive,
0: kind man, but then later on you realize he's also a tough motherfucker, too, that you're not going to mess with. I like those kind of people who, you know, they're going to be really strong, but they can also be really kind to their kids.
1: It's a great reveal too, of when you realize that the dad is a werewolf, too. I know.
0: (laughs) He opens the door. And he's gray hair. He's he's kind of funny-looking. And and the expression's just funny, too, because it's a very, like, non-plus.
1: It's just (laughs) just (laughs) like, like, I'm a wolf, you know that, like, that whole scene is done very well. It is. Now, here's my problem with it. Yeah. So first off, the party that leads up to that scene is the wildest party that I have. I, I've never been to a party like I've that. I've never been to a party. I've gone to some parties in, in college that were kind of fucked up. Yeah. I've never been to anywhere. People were in whipped cream, writhing around on the ground. Yeah, what were they, they even trying to do? They're trying to like get undone. Yeah, to get undone. Uh, it was like so a, weird. There's a live band there. Yeah. There were at least 200 people there. Yeah. They were in the storage area there were maybe 10 kegs i i've never seen so much beer in my life that was very funny though because when styles walks in with a keg i'm thinking like
0: now he's a cool kid
1: well you would but then i'm thinking this is bullshit because some people here they would have 10 kegs they'd like, have to
0: have some alcohol, so yeah. they
1: do actually have that many yes I mean, <laughs> But I'm thinking, this town is awesome. Why would you want to be this? This town is crazy.
0: I would hang out These there. These
1: kids are nuts. Yes. And no it's...
0: parental supervision whatsoever. Well,
1: it was the 80s. I'll give it past yeah, that, true. I guess. But it was madness.
0: You got people surfing on cars going down Main Street. Nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit. The only thing they care about is not
1: selling alcohol to minors in this town. <laughs> yes. the only thing
0: that... Actually, maybe it's not everybody. Maybe it's just that one guy has, like, drawn his line. Yes. Yeah, he's the only... <laughs> this he, is it. The only
1: law... He's like yes. Gary Cooper in High Noon. Yes. He's the only law in the whole town is the <laughs> guy that writes alcohol. The only- is shit that party was insane it was crazy so you go from that so then he drives home drunk apparently in his dad's hardware van yeah and obviously, he's having werewolf issues as well yeah he turns to werewolf. you know what he does the very next morning he what goes he to school this he party, does go to school this party was on like a wednesday night I, I what is happening in this town I don't, I don't get it beaverton is insane it was nuts i'm like what the fuck
0: they don't have a mayor. They that, have no mayor. They've got nothing. That There's, high
1: school dance was insane. You oh, had yeah. major giant like lights.
0: I know a band. It was it was hopping.
1: That was a wild high school uh, high school dance.
0: They spent like the most amount of on this film. It was like a one point five million dollar budget. <laughs> they spent the most on the on dance the, and the party. And the party.
1: But like all the kids at the party were like, dressed to the nines. I know. I'm like this town is balls. This is a wild town. Why want to go people there? kept saying you wanted to leave town. He's so bored being average. What's boring about that? This town is and you're crazy. a wall, bitch. You got like beautiful women everywhere. I know this town is nuts.
0: You got boof. Oh, boof. Boof isn't bad looking. No, boof is really pretty. Really? I mean, she just got a terrible haircut because it's the yeah. 80s, but yeah, you know, she's a pretty girl
1: and she's like the and she's the leftovers.
0: I know it's pretty good. That's really good. I just, well, I wasn't attracted to the, uh, the Pamela chick. I thought that she was really had a misshapen weird face. I was <laughs> much more attracted to boof. She's
1: pretty. She, she's not right. How about this movie? Also, once again, movie PG, you see the the you see Pamela in very little clothing. Oh my God! Yes, I remember being. That's all right. I remember being. I was wondering I actually. Being, I remember really enjoying that scene when I was a younger yeah, yeah, man. Yes. Yeah,
0: I was thinking that too. I was like, "Do I actually get to see titties?" I was in my head. I'm like, "Do I get to see?"
1: And no, no not today. You know, no, it is PG. <laughs> yeah, but it's a pretty loose PG because um, Styles says the fag word. He does, but it is eighty five. So which goes back to what we talked about a little bit with money for nothing when I I yeah. we talked about how the word didn't wasn't as. Um.
0: Although in this time, the con- this time though the connotation was also like it was sort of repelled. You see, you see Michael J. Fox being like, "No, I'm not. Yeah, a- I'm not. I a- mean, he's an actor. Yeah, that was a little that was tough to watch. But but
1: but it, but it is funny though how how like we talk about with money for nothing. Yeah. though, that that the, um you know that f word. uh, we we weren't even going to say it in the show. You know, I don't. I, no, I, I want to say, it. Wanna say no, it. It's not. It it's makes not, me feel it's weird. Shitty. You know? yeah. Um. But you know they're saying it in a PG movie. Yeah. With which. I remember when this movie came out, no one ever talked Actually, about Actually, you're scene.
0: right. In an R movie, you would kind of expect it more.
1: Kind I guess. But like that, no one ever said the scene was offensive when it came out. No, which shows you how much times have changed in 35 years. Yeah. Um. So you have that happen. You have this girl in you know very. She basically almost you see her back, and you see yeah, you see her broad. She's she's basically. She's then, really and scantily. She, she obviously is fucking Michael J. Fox's character. There was that. So like you know you have whatever sexual situations you have. um People were smoking pot in this movie. Oh, yeah, at that party. Teenagers Absolutely. are getting drunk. People are yes. driving drunk. This reckless behavior. <laughs> this is insanity this entire movie, and it, it gets a PG. But remember, this is before the PG 13 rating.
0: It's as much insanity as right? maybe Animal no, House. This, this is, is
1: after PG 13. It's
0: probably as crazy as Animal House. No, I'm You don't a, think I'm so. Animal House like had nudity and stuff. Oh, it
1: did? Yeah. Okay, so I'm maybe a, maybe, maybe, maybe sounds, sounds nudity. Here. But this is, this is pretty nuts.
0: It's pretty nuts.
1: Um, this was, no, because Red Dawn was 80. So this PG 13, why didn't this get a PG 13? I don't know. I don't they know. didn't know what they were doing those first few years of the Probably with they didn't. Because this is a pretty – there's a lot going on in this movie. No, there's <laughs> a lot on. going on. Which is why it was interesting. I mean – And how about that – you know, think about this. You would never see this happen today. You know, they basically throw Michael J. Fox and Booth in a closet and, and make it so they can't get out. I know. So Booth is the aggressor here. Definitely. But how many girls have gone to this party and couldn't get out now they're stuck with this guy?
0: I know. Really sketchy. It's not a
1: great situation. Or the,
0: even the Jello dump too. That that was the oh other one yes. where they dump Jello. <laughs> <laughs> like like Chubs, you got to eat this whole bowl of Jello. <laughs> What's what? my job? You got to hold it. Yeah. Dumps it down her top. Like oh my god, that's fucking sexual this assault is... right there. <laughs>
1: it's
0: crazy. <laughs> uh, you would never see that. Shit in,
1: like anything goes. This guy <laughs> yes. is wild. I want to go there. And so then you have Becca like, Fox become a werewolf, uh, which is um, done. the The makeup job is rough. It's rough. It's v- similar to when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger space face gets all misshapen in the first turn movie. Yes. What is this thing they're doing? But it's, it's, cl- yeah. it's clay, right?
0: It's, yeah. It's some sort of plastic thing. That <laughs> it they always got. looks
1: really funny. It <laughs> it makes, look for bad. some reason it makes me laugh a lot.
0: Yeah. Cause cause you, it's only the transitionary time that yes. looks fucked up, right? Because while he's transitioning fucked up, but then as soon as he's full, he's like, Oh, that was oh, pretty it's, good. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and I, it, I have some questions about, so Michael D Fox, obviously when he's the werewolf has a lot of physical, um, strength that he didn't have before yes it makes total sense speed i get all that Has, yep. he can smell things yep he can um because he finds pot for styles he, he can um he smells liverwurst he can chums. right and it, so he can kind of you yeah. know uh and he can see and all this stuff um but he also gets better grades in school i think he always got good grades i think he was always a, a smart guy he says he's average, though. So he, and they never once say that he gets good grades He says before. he's average,
0: but not average as a student. He says, no. like, overall, I'm just an average guy. I, they, they did that on purpose because now he's extraordinary. He's a wolf, of course. I think he was well, always a he, smart he was guy. The
1: board, well, I guess when he went to the board, he, could, he only got the A on that test, I guess, is when he realized that. But maybe, I don't know. But it, but no, was,
0: when he went to the board, he was changing, though. He was, changing, though. was all it. fucked he up. He got upset, yeah. yeah. I th- I, that's the way that I read it. Is he, he, was already, he was always like a smart kid.
1: I guess but they never really say that. No, though. they don't.
0: And then they do make it look like, oh, now he's smarter because he's the wall.
1: One of my favorite things before that is the teacher gives Styles a favor, and he has a D minus, and he's bragging, he's, <laughs> he's showing so it off. Silent. He's so happy. <laughs> 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 Styles is by the way one of my favorite. He's great. Uh, like uh buddy yes. team. Teen- like characters in, in, in uh, the 80s movies. This movie has some great. So, the coach. I have to talk about the coach. Okay, for a while. it's all the talk. So, uh, my friend Brian, who I talked about uh, on the last episode, or the Back to Future episode, he's the guy I did the Doc Brown yep. um, flaming um, tire yes. tracks. Yes, yes, So, me and him would always go back and forth with the coach giving advice. It's one of our favorite things uh, in, in, uh, in the movie. Is, uh, the coach's advice is this words to live by. He says uh, three things that everyone should do is you always want to get 12 hours of sleep never play poker with anyone with the first name of a city yes. and never get close to a woman who has a tattoo of a dagger you do <laughs> those three things and, and everything else is cream cheese
0: the Cream cheese. what does that mean
1: it's just easy like, like it's easy yeah but still and it no is, one uses that it, it is, is just, but but so i thought about those that advice actually quite a bit the last three years like a lot like because we would always say to each other it was just so it actually if you really think about it and break it down it makes a lot of sense what he's saying is always be restful Be careful with your money and don't get with the wrong mate. Yeah. And it actually is great (laughs) advice. It is very good advice. Coach is a genius. My other favorite thing with Coach, and I was – in stitches watching this scene it's so funny which has usually a teen comedy like all right kind of cliche jokes here we go right but this coach character is, is this, like this wild card so um want some wings <laughs> i mean what right yeah no wasn't wings yeah, <laughs> it was, like, it's right. it's like want a drum drumstick. yeah no coach i'm good <laughs> um and uh so it's pretty good michael to go fox i thought <laughs> if i, if I made say so myself nope so it was great actually uh <laughs> so he, my, he comes in and uh he, he wants to talk to the coach because he's he's, he's Experiencing why it, changes. Why would you go to the coach? Why would you go got he a to, sensitive dad. Why you quit the... T- right, exactly. This great dad. Yeah. The coach is an asshole. And the coach is like, <laughs> let me tell you a story. And the story is about this uh, kid who's on the basketball team and his mom is very poor and very really sick. <laughs> yes. And he's like, the kids was gonna quit and go get a second job, go get a job to help pay the bills. And Marty's like, well, what happened? And, uh, he, he's like, I don't know, I fucking quit. I don't know, it's third string. string, I didn't third string. care. I, didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That was so good. It was great. It, it was, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's hysterical. I don't have to do a ton of movie quotes in this show, but the only reason I bring this up is because those, those two scenes, like, to me, growing <laughs> up in like my entire twenties, like, those are iconic. Like, we would sing those each other all the time. Dude, the other part of it is like the guy's third string. I don't the non sequitur. Marty's
0: not asking him for money, and the guy goes, no. "If anything, I need money. I should be asking you." Right? Like it, I don't,
1: it didn't come from anywhere. And the coach's pep talks, like one of them is like, "Don't worry, it'll be over soon." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> he,
0: he goes to the other coach and says, uh, can we score for the game?"
1: <laughs> to avoid traffic. Right. Like, the coach was such a shitty guy. <laughs> so shitty. And, But the cool thing is with this movie is he never. This movie doesn't try to be too moralistic. No. It, he never gets his comeuppance he just kind of exists he does. and he keeps being the coach and I guess the coach character in Teen Wolf 2 but the same actor didn't play him which if oh. I knew that guy was in Teen Wolf 2 I bet that would have been in regular rotation with my, me and my buddies because we really loved the yeah, coach you in this movie
0: you would have sought it after, um, you sought after we it. would
1: talk about this coach like, I would say uh, at least weekly, me and my buddies would talk about the coach in team Wolf.
0: I think he kind of nails the coach figure in high school. I'm trying to think, I'm thinking back to my coaches, my, my, like my gym teachers in high school, they were fucking zany. I had a, one was a hippie who would wear Chuck Martins and Chuck, Mar- Chuck Taylor, Chuck Taylor. Sorry. had a mustache and long hair, like a kind of a doobie brothers guy who was like, he was also the driving instructor. Um, uh, our, our driving instructor was a history teacher. It was like, it, it, it's kind of like they they were always these weird characters.
1: Yeah, I don't think for me a, they were. Yeah, I guess he, I don't even. I like they I,
0: didn't quite fit into the teacher role. What,
1: no, he's not a teacher. But I liked about the coach though is almost like his normalcy. Like he is, he's not too wacky. He just like just doesn't. He just is like a
0: no. He's fuck, but he's crazy though.
1: He's kind of crazy. Yes, he's kind of a genius.
0: He's a total genius because I love, he's I like love you know my door is open for you at, like any time. But then he's trying to get rid of him. Yes. He's like,
1: <laughs> well, because he's saying these cliches, but he doesn't yes. mean them. Yes, and then the second he's boxed in, he's like, I, I don't know, IRS bring down my neck. I gotta go. <laughs> yes. Like, I, I love, I love that he just didn't give a shit, and then he never gets called. And it's a lot like the Ty Webb character in Caddyshack, like he just doesn't give a shit. Yes, like that was a thing in like the early eighties, and I think that kind of humor is very funny. Oh, this um, one. I think it's hysterical. Like, just when someone just doesn't care. And you see it a little bit in Office Space, too. Like, um, with Peter's character in the second and third act of Office Space, when he realized, especially the second act, when he doesn't really care anymore. That, to me, is hysterical. Like, the premise of someone, like, going, because it's funny because everybody else around him cares. Yeah. And when someone doesn't, for some reason, that really makes me laugh. I, uh, yeah. I don't know why that is it just it just it's just very well because
0: everybody is always looking out for how are other people are gonna view me it's it's a and so, coach didn't care coach is just, did not he, give just shit. he is who all. he is yeah um that was pretty fucking good
1: this this is like you know so for all those reasons uh, uh kind of a shabbily made movie about i want to talk about how shabby this is actually yeah so one thing... Certainly directed, I guess is a better way to say it. You,
0: okay. You so are saying
1: made, because there are other people involved that did a good job.
0: Mm, well, when I say made, it's so I want to talk about the audio in the situation. <laughs> yeah. um, there are scenes where people are talking that aren't the main characters. You can't hear them. There are scenes... Like the, okay, Let's the basketball scene. They're playing at basketball the end, or, at the end. Okay, yeah. Well, the, probably all of the basketball scenes, but I really like noticed the, the at the 12 end.
1: 12-minute movie at the, the end? The 12-minute movie yes, at the Jesus end. Jesus
0: Christ that when you're doing a scene on a basketball court, um, you're going to have audio cues that put you in that place. The sound of the room or the bounce of the ball, the squeak of the feet. None of that was there. There were no squeak of the feet. There was no bouncing the ball. You could hear the crowd and you could hear them talk when they were talking to each other. You weren't hearing thuds as people were hitting each other. You weren't hearing any of that huge like budget cut right there. Uh, there were people talking in the crowd. You couldn't hear them, but the but the camera was on them. Yeah. It was like, what the fuck? Like, so disconcerting to hear that. that. That was happening all over the place in this film. Um, it makes sense. I mean, it, that's why it's, such, it's a B movie. Like, you got to cut shit somewhere. You only have a million and a half. I know the producers were like, we want a successful comedy that we
1: don't have to pay a lot for. Of course. And they got it because yeah, this thing team, made $80 well, million. Well, they lucked out. It was, they got a lottery ticket so that happened. <laughs> they, they, they really um, did. Or they were just very educated guests to get Michael J. Fox. but they were playing off Family Ties, not Back to the Future. In fact, here's a fun anecdote about yeah. how shitty Teen Wolf is behind the scenes being made. So um, him and Booth and Styles, I believe, were just pounding around the set. Michael Fox, I guess, from all accounts, is an incredibly friendly guy, really cool to hang out with. He seems awesome. And they were all just, like, hanging out, and they were on the lot. It was the yeah. same lot as Back to the Future was being <laughs> made on. But remember, it was Back to the Future with Eric Stoltz. So they were building the set yeah. of Back to the Future. And he's walking around, and he goes, and he says to Boof, I guess... It's like, man, I would give anything to be in a movie like this. Oh, really? Like to have like a real budget and real sets. Like this is amazing. Look at this hill valley they're building. This is insane. Imagine, imagine being on. Like they, you know, he said it as like almost like this wishful dream that you know. Six months later, he's running around. He's on it. uh, But it is. But you know, that's the that's the jump. And it's a huge jump. Took Back to the Future. He didn't even read the script.
0: Well, and you said he was really nice to all the other all the other he, people. Where, where Stoltz wasn't. I right. mean, imagine how thankful you would you would feel to right. be on something like a real, prof- like an actual professional movie, Ex- movies, exactly. movie, exact I movie mean, film. I mean, Shoot, yeah, oh,
1: yeah. He obviously was on a top ten show. Yep. Uh, Payment ties was nine, but it's different the than, than a movie because
0: you just got so many more moving parts and like the right. sets and all that shit. It's like it's got to feel really big budget if you're on a big budget film.
1: Absolutely. Oh, it's a huge difference. Yeah. You know, and he had been in a couple of movies. He was in a movie called Class of 82 which is the same oh, that kind one. of a teen wolf budget yeah I a number before that i've never even seen um and he did some canadian tv so right but it's all very small scale yeah compared to back to the future so back to the future when they asked if want to do it he literally said yes about reading the script that's how much he, oh because he, he saw he's like i he he know this is got to be legit this, Robert Zemeckis film yeah produced by steven spielberg that has this budget that he had been reading about in trade papers because he knew because they all keep track of each other, all these yep. young. He knows Leah Thompson, oh, Chris course. Ben Glover, who yeah. I think was a guest on Back So he knows these people. and Was a, a guest on Family Ties? On oh, Family Ties, yeah, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, uh, One-shot guest. Uh, and so he knows yeah. these people involved. He knows they're in this. So he didn't even have to. He's like, of course I would do that. Right. He was calling off Teen Wolf, which he knows is this
0: <laughs> low budget.
1: This thing. low budget. The thing is, though, he acts his
0: ass off in this film There's a
1: great scene so there's a shot when he's running from the back right after he does the um the math equation he can't do it's like backwards goodwill hunting he he gets yeah so he (laughs) he's running through the hallways and the 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 uh, janitor goes it's wet there it's slippery and it's a long shot and it's a shot of him just running down the hall but yes. the whole time he's slipping on the floor and it is brilliant physical comedy awesome and it's timed perfectly he doesn't fall until the very 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 end yeah and but the way he's, but he finds different ways to slip the <laughs> yes. entire way it's not just like the same kind of slipping motion it's all sorts of wild and wacky kind of slips he's like
0: a fucking looney tunes
1: and there's no real music probably for budget reasons behind <laughs> it so you're not like cued to respect it it's not like doo, 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 doo. yeah yeah. it's just him him and it is brilliant yeah he's great and you're like oh this is a different level than getting say patrick dempsey yep or whoever would have been in this role see thomas howell or somebody who's a good actor
0: they're fine but they're not michael j fox michael j fox is is great right. he's eric a great Stoltz, actor so let's say
1: he did teen wolf he would have done a good job eric Stoltz is a is a fine actor he's a fine actor a fine actor yeah he's very good in mask he's a fine actor but he's not going to be able to do the things that he's, are he's, needed in this movie to make it a B minus movie. He's not a comedic actor. That's why. I mean, Michael no. J Fox, comedic, and he said that Michael when J Fox Stokes got fired. Still says, I'm, I'm not a, I don't yeah. know why they hired me then. I'm not a fucking comedian.
0: Yeah. Where Michael J Fox is. I mean, he's a great straight man and he's just, he's super funny.
1: He's very funny. And you know, he had had three years of family ties to really match yeah. that craft. He's always had brilliant time. He's always had great physical comedy. And then when he had three years in front of a live studio audience, you know, 25 weeks a year to do this, he was ready to go. It's boot camp. It, it absolutely was. Yeah. Um, and then he would even used Teen Wolf to work on facial expressions, stuff like that, that he could then translate into um, Max Feature.
0: I got to bet that it would be easier to do a movie after doing something like Family Ties because cause you, cause it's not, you have to learn the script so fast and, you know, so much live easier. studio. Right. Live studio Plus audience where you have all, mul, mul, multiple takes to try stuff out. And you're working with professionals. And Meredith yep. Baxter
1: bernie at that time was a TV star. Yeah, and was a borderline—I don't want to say movie star, but it was a, a a movie actress. Yeah. So she, you know, how it worked with Family Ties was in the beginning. Michael J. Fox was so poor that he couldn't even afford a car. Really. So she would pick him up the uh. first season, and drive him to um the to the set. So she would always, <laughs> Michael J. Fox uh, in his early years was a big drinker. Um, he he liked to have a good time, so he'd go out a lot of times and have a good time. And he, you know, he would wake up to Meredith Baxter Bernie beeping your horn, and he'd be like, oh, ah, "I got to jump the shower." And he'd go take a shower and then run down. And, you know, meanwhile, she's like very punctual, professional actor. She's like, she's come like on. let's go. Yeah. Um, but then on the way in, she would just kind of talk to him about professional being on time. Yeah. And also just like about just life in the movie business and just be a friend and be a. Uh, so then, uh, you know, he used to say, I really look forward to those car rides so Aww. much because it was. He's like, I'm getting a ride to work from like a movie star, right? So having someone like that kind of show you the ropes, as opposed to just jump into Back to the Future, or even jump into Teen Wolf, yeah, because Teen Wolf is his movie. It is. So everyone's looking up to him on some level. He's a TV star, yeah. You know, so he has he probably learned how to carry himself from Michael Gross from Meredith Baxter Bernie, right? Um, which is a huge thing, you know. It's that that helps have that. You know, you forget Tom Hanks also had guested on Family Ties, and this was after. Uh, bosom buddies so oh right you know you you're calling me am i gonna do fox is such a smart guy and such a friendly guy you could you know that he's the kind of guy that would take yeah uh, as much intel and knowledge as he could from everybody i just think like for him
0: to do teen wolf knowing i mean he's you know he's in the public sphere people know who he is he's a famous guy yes absolutely do that movie and not just mail it in like that's something that that speaks really highly because he's so good in it. He is awesome in this film. He's know, really good. In I don't know if anyone
1: would have mailed it in though because he was the Well, first think about
0: like Alvin and the Chipmunks with
1: fucking uh, whatever Lee. But that's not the first time Jason was top billed though. This is the first. Yeah, I, time guess. You're top, I guess. no one's gonna mail that in. But no one. I don't know many other people that have a young actor especially that have the ability to make a D movie. This would have been a D movie. It would have been uh, into a B minus. So you had two things going for. I think you had a very crisp. Script with some very funny jokes. that Those coach jokes are hysterical. The, the coach stuff is good. Some of those characters are great. There's some weird styles and Boofer, but these are, some are good characters. There's some Good characters. It's totally right. really well written. You totally right. There's some right. Totally the right. really well written totally right. really characters. You have that going for it, and you have this Michael J. Fox, incredibly yeah. charismatic yeah. leading actor that has no business being in a movie like this. Yeah, and because of that, because you know this was this isn't even an original movie. Like there was a movie in 1957, I Was a Teenage Werewolf, starring Michael Landon, hmm, who right. had a similar type. Early career to Michael J. Fox in some ways. That yeah. remember, he went on to do Bonanza as a young actor, uh, and then went on to, uh, Little House of Fairy. Right. Michael J. Fox, of course, w- was in Family Ties, young actor, of course, went on to go do Spin City. Sure. Um, so, I mean, some similarities there, both very famous, more famous for TV than movies. Sure. Um, Michael J. Fox, obviously, more successful than Michael Landon, but still, yeah. Michael Landon, though, wildly successful. Yeah. Um, but he did a movie, so this isn't even like a creative. That's true. And remember by 1980, you say 57 so long ago, but 1985 wasn't that long ago. No. So it's not that, it's almost like someone remaking some from team wolf now. And they, I know they do an MTV show now. I've never seen it. We're they not going to talk yeah. about that. I no, don't really know no, about it. Okay. But I know they have done it, but yep. yeah, right. You would be like, right. So it's, it's not, you know, it's not, that far. it's not an original idea. It's like, like Matt said, there are huge issues with, um, some of the, the, the production, the production. And, yeah. of this movie. I agree yeah. that, right. Yeah. The uh, direction is, is, is weak. Um, the basketball scene is is some good shots. though. like the bathroom scene of him changing
0: is good. Like I love that angle looking at him from the top. Mm-hmm. There's some good stuff. It's There's just some okay shots. Budget.
1: The you're mentioning though some of the the sound issues yeah some of the cinematography is yep. minor get best it's very 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 weak yeah some of the other direction isn't so some of the direction is good with timing of stuff too like how they stay on people for a certain amount of time yeah that actually is good he has good the director has good comic timing he went on to do a few other movies he, he did he's more of a he's a he's he, he's right oh no 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 what does he do
0: he he's, or he's a tv guy or something he's
1: done a lot of tv but yeah he, he directed um uh beethoven's second um, oh, he canine he did too. And the, canine, super. the super. I remember seeing yeah. that. Yeah. Sadly, he died of Parkinson's. Uh, yeah, he had Fox, Parkinson's yeah. as well. Um, he died uh, a few years ago. Um, but yeah teen wolf though was his most successful movie it was also it was his first movie directed which is interesting K9 was pretty big too actually it, it made like 80 or 90 million it was i'm sorry well beethoven second made made 118 i guess worldwide oh, yeah. but teen wolf though is his most successful i mean i see when you this wasn't just bought like when yeah. this movie had a long run cable movie uh had a sequel had a cartoon after like this, oh that's, that's true this yeah created not a franchise although mtv is a show kind now of, yeah it sort of created a, a franchise of sorts yeah but it that. is the movie that he best his guess. i mean it I guess you're right. No one, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh I it's a, it's it's an enjoyable movie. If you've never seen it, check it out. It's funny. It I, I laughed. so funny.
0: I laughed like throughout this movie. And and Michael J. Fox is so good. He's fun to watch. I just forget, you know, I, I hadn't seen a uh Michael J. Fox in anything in, you know, a decade plus. And so to go back and watch first, you know, um Back to the Future. Back to the Future
1: and then Teen Wolf. It's really a pleasure to watch him right it is, now. He's so good. It's one of the things. That, so I read his biography, the first one he wrote. And yeah. it is so sad what happened. Everyone's like, why did his career fall apart? We can talk about that for a second. So um, what he obviously has the Parkinson's, which is a major thing. Yeah, And he had a hard time adjusting with that. Um, and he made some career choices. He had signed a contract a movie contract, like a, a multi-film contract. Mm. Um, so he had to commit to that. And he was also, I'm, he wrote in the book that he was kind of just grabbing it and then it came because he wanted to do as many movies as possible, as quickly oh, as before possible. He, uh, before he, he thought, he never knew when the progresses would really kind of take him. over and Fuck. maybe make it totally unable for him to work. Plus he started to notice, which you do notice if you watch these movies. There's also a movie in 96 he made called The Frighteners, which is directed by Peter Jackson. I have who seen directed that. the Lord of the Rings movie. It's actually yeah. pretty good. Yeah. But his facial, his face becomes frozen. Of yeah. sorts. Watch him in Teen Wolf, then watch him in the Frighteners, or watch him in Family Ties, then watch him in Spin City, and his face he, he doesn't have, have the, the same, same facial control. Yeah. Um, so and that hurts your charisma. And as well as just your ability to show emotion on screen. And he was very if you watch him, I, I was kind of making a note of it in Teen Wolf, I'm like, oh my god, he's using his face so much. Yeah. And obviously his physicality too, you know, with that slipping of the four scenes. <laughs> it's so sad to think that. This guy, who was one of the great physical comedians of that decade, is the guy that gets... I mean, he wasn't John Ritter great. He wasn't Buster Keaton great. I'm not saying that. But he was one of the top ten well, physical comedians of the 80s. And he's a better actor than Ritter, though. So you've got, you yes. have
0: got you have that. You've got both. I and a mean, better he's, actor than Buster Keaton, too. And a, right. Um, you've got both.
1: Right. Uh, yes, I agree. Yeah. And it's so sad. That, but it's so sad to see someone who's so physically gifted get robbed. Sucks. I mean, it sucks for anybody, but it's like extra tragic when that happens yeah um but like watchman mars attacks which came out i think in 97 right and you can see it he doesn't have that same uh, something's wrong yeah um and if you didn't know better, maybe you would think it was like plastic surgery gone bad, or you just think it's like just 'cause um, if he
0: if he didn't, he would be he would have only been thirty five, thirty-seven years old at that time. He still yes. would have had it. Like he would have been in right. good physical condition. Yes. He could have acted like that for a while after. And yeah.
1: He's very good in American President, um, which is the Michael Douglas yeah. and Benning movie, which kind of written by Aaron Sorkin, which was kind of the uh prologue of West Wing. Yeah. Um uh but he is he's more it's a more stoic movie so it works yeah but something like frighteners where he has to emote big and you see that he kind of can't yeah and and you watch him in spin city and obviously you know during that run we learned that he has Parkinson's. but even the beginnings of that it's not obviously it's not as good of a show obviously but it's just you can see he's just not quite right yeah and um I, so I really do. If you ask me why his career went down, I think the Parkinson's and the choices he made because of the Parkinson's right. are, are the obvious the obvious reasons. Were there other
0: ones? That, so I remember him doing Doc Hollywood, of course. I saw
1: that. Yes, and that's when he found out he had Parkinson's. Yeah. He was uh, drinking with Woody Harrelson. They were getting completely annihilated, <laughs> and he woke up the next morning, uh, and he couldn't stop. His pinky wouldn't stop shaking. Uh. And he's like, this is weird. He went and checked out, and the doctor was like, yeah, you have... I guess he was pretty... Matter of fact about it, you have early-onset Parkinson's. Your career is over in 10 years. Fuck. And he's like, wait, what? I'm not – it's like – and and the doctor was obviously wrong. He still worked, but he the doctor was kind of right. He yeah. stopped doing Spin City in 99, I think. So he, actually, the doctor was right on. Like, hit all those things. Years. Exactly right. Um, and yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, it's, it's just – it sucks. But so then he was already – had some alcohol issues, potentially, probably – you know, you're a young kid. You're a famous. A young guy, you're famous. With- he was recently married. We'll talk about that more in the family tie section. of this. Sure. But um, yeah, he's a young guy. He's drinking a lot. And then because he gets this news, it tips him into a, a dangerously drinking. And I guess he was just basically hiding in his bedroom. But he has a newborn son. He's just in his bedroom all day just drinking. I mean, I can imagine that type of news would be I fucking would be, catastrophic. You're 29. I know. He's 29 years this news. The average person who gets a Parkinson's diagnosis is 58. So literally half... Yeah, it's it's wild. So um, yeah, so he's just drinking and drinking, and his wife was one who kind of dragged him out. But then he felt panicked to fulfill this contract, and he took movies like Life with Mikey, which is a bad movie. He took a movie it's called, uh, ironically called Greed. Life with Mikey is about a, a child agent, a child star sounds, agent. Sounds familiar. It's not a good movie. Yeah, I, mean, I believe Cindy Crawford's in it. It's not a good movie. and there's a movie called Greedy. Ironically enough, with uh, it's a it's an ensemble movie, but he's the star. It's with Kirk Douglas is in it. Um and it just doesn't work. He does another movie called mm. For, another movie, ironically or not ironically, called For Love or For Money. And it's with him and Gabrielle Anwar. He plays a New York concierge. That, she's the one from Hot shots Yes. Yeah. 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 Very pretty girl. But very not pretty. a great actress, but she's no. very pretty. But he um he plays a, a New York City concierge It's the kind of guy who can get you anything in New York. Yeah. And he falls in love with this rich girl. And it's just very by the... There's no... Crea- but you can tell he's just trying to do... any script that he got, he basically did. Right. To to make this money because he wanted to set up his family. God damn I it. mean, he obviously had the best feature residuals. He obviously had... But, you know, they were probably accustomed to a certain kind of life. Plus, he's like, I got a baby. Like, right. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I'm going to get as much as possible as quick as I can. And... I don't want to say he, he always is a hard worker. He always is very charismatic, but I don't see he's mailing things in. But with those movies, those three movies in particular, to, to fulfill that deal, there's a different energy in those movies than there are with Mars Attacks, American President, and Frighteners. Sure. Because he wasn't, I don't think he was obligated. Like at that point, you know what I mean? He, he was, was probably like, okay, we're sudden, set. He quit yeah. drinking. Right. He uh, he quit drinking. He got his shit together. And then he got, but you can see a shift. If you really want to see the shift in Michael J. Fox, look at those. And hopefully we ran into those movies because I love talking about this topic yeah. and I love watching his career change. Yeah. Um but the, we'll talk more family ties in a bit but that's all I have. Yeah, that's that. that's it. I do have your favorite thing in the world. Oh fucking hey. Get excited. It's a milk dudley.
0: Are you sure it's meant for the the Patreon show, though, isn't that really meant for wider audiences? It
1: is, and I uh, I may or may not have... Uh, Did you fuck that up? I may or may not have forgotten about it, so this is <laughs> the second time we are doing this on a Patreon show. Um, or this is all part of my plan. It could be. To reward our Patreon listeners, our favorite fans. Patreon reward... Ones. <laughs> Punish. No, reward. Uh, so this is um, September of 85. Punish. And, um, um, <clears throat> let me read the royal report. Yeah, yeah, do it. Uh, it's the country's first peak at winter. Came with record cool temperatures from Michigan to New England, uh, all the way down to Florida. Parts of the high plains already had snow. September? Look at that. It's crazy. Yeah. However, most people didn't notice the cold as their minds were frozen trying to unravel the meta movie miracle that is called Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It messed with demand. Did it. Milk Dully weather report. Did it.
0: I fucking love this song. So good. So much. I so love good. this. This will definitely hit my top five. Oh, Not wow. sure where. I love this. Ooh. This is one of my
1: favorite Phil Collins songs. I love this song. It's so good. This is one of my favorite Phil Collins songs. I don't know if it's my top five. It might. This song is awesome. This song is awesome. My um, favorite Phil Collins album. No jacket required. Is and it? And this is maybe. This is. This is probably, this might be my favorite Phil Collins song. I think it's my fi- There's a few, there's a few. so good. Yeah, yeah, I love the song. It's such a great, like, it you great- can't, like, the, it's so 1985, like, the, I wish I lived in the 80s. I wish I would just live in the 80s forever. I wish I could, if I had a time machine, I would just never live the 80s.
0: It would be a lot of That's fun. That's all I've been
1: thinking this whole week I don't want to <laughs> live, like, Laura and I are going to, we're going to buy the Family Ties box set and yes. just watch them with that and cheers. I just don't, I just don't want to be here. I want to be there. Uh-huh. I I know. But I was hearing this. I was like, I want to be to so be in a world where this is playing.
0: There's so much awesome about this song. Um, the production quality is really good. Oh, it's so good. Phil Collins is sneaky. Good. He, so you want to know how many people were on the song? Four people played on the song.
1: Yes, I saw that. Yes, you see
0: that it's Phil doing. Of course, he's an amazing drummer. Actually, he's such a great underrated drummer. Him and and Genesis with Peter Gabriel. One of my favorite albums ever is uh, Selling England by the Pound. It's definitely prog rock. I fucking love it. And he is a huge part of it. He's a great drummer. So he plays on This drums on this sings um, plays keyboards. It's him a bass player, another keyboard player and a guitar player. That's it. It, That's it and he produces and he mixes
1: and he writes he's like i guess he's a dickhead so uh, uh, i guess he's a dickhead i have really strong feelings about i i got down a whole thing i'm he seems like a dickhead but he's also super talented i feel so i feel bad for him uh, do you really yeah have you seen pictures of him lately?
0: oh i know he's really beat up he's dude, like walking with a cane dude, it's real he's 69 bad. So I mean,
1: yeah it's not old he dude, uh, he looks like he's 85
0: does he look that bad it is
1: Bro. off it is so sad um Okay, Phil Collins. Yeah. Here's my take on Phil Collins' person a little bit. I, <laughs> let's, say, let's say, okay, let's put it this way. Let's say this happens. Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel reviews Genesis. Yeah. Phil Collins does not become the lead singer. When Phil Collin, when Peter Gabriel reviews Genesis, they ended, they auditioned 400 different singers. Exactly. They tried to get anyone they could in there. Yep. They ended up going to Phil Collins. He didn't want to do it. They, he did it. Okay. People hated him. People yeah, hate, hate I, right. him Right off the bat, of because course. he wasn't Peter Gabriel, he wasn't Gabriel, Peter Gabriel, and they didn't like the the new sound Genesis had. Yes, which fine. I, I, I you can understand that I your can.
0: favorite band maybe turns into something else. Right,
1: exactly. Right, right. Um, which part of it I like better? I like some of the new Genesis stuff better than the old one. I like. I know the, it's probably not a popular take, but some of it I don't like.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. with you on that. There's some. Um, especially i really like like abacab is a really great album I, I do like it when they were still proggy with him too and then some of their pop stuff i really like too and when you get to they invisible touch it like, gets uh, in past that like i can't dance, I can't dance is, is it's like you want to shoot yes, yourself I in the agree. face
1: but but the earlier and the right. a, from 85 earlier so let's that's live good. in parallel universe yeah. where he doesn't take the job yeah. or someone else takes the job and then he puts out his solo stuff I think that it's a whole different... He becomes a different human because... It might be. He has said... He said 10 years ago, he uh, had major suicidal thoughts, uh. partly because of the backlash. He then kind of... He said, like, critics and fan backlash really left him in a difficult spot. He then, a couple years later, said that's not really the case. It had more to do with my divorce and more to do with my physical ailments. Yeah. Having said that, though, I think he's kind of lying because he's famous for being... <laughs> critics would write reviews about him that were yeah, negative that's right he would then call the critic up and try to plead his case right which then the critic then i don't i think that makes the critics can't be by because the critic was annoyed so then phil collins next album comes out and they just rip it apart of more. course i mean you right if you're not you, and, you and might not even it. hate it and they're just gonna rip it. Exactly. They, it's almost like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy exactly and phil collins is the kind of guy that just can't let stuff go he's been married three times in fact Ugh. he's he He's had marriages that then get back together that yeah. get, become even worse. Yeah. Like they're toxic and then he still gets back to this woman. He he cannot let anything go. No. And because of that, it has completely destroyed him as a human. He he's, must. He's, he has nothing. He has, I mean, he has his money. He has a shit ton of money. And he has these kids yeah. that, you know, probably have a complicated because he's, he's left women, but like the marriages yeah. have gotten... when you
0: have three divorces and kids with multiple... kids, each it's of them, really it's just weird. a mess.
1: Yeah. And he... And now, he's at the point where he, he's trying to evict his his third wife, who then he got back together <laughs> so with. Bad. And she's trying to rip. She meanwhile got married behind his back. Right. And she's trying to. Like,
0: he's trying to evict her from the property that he owns. She's trying to get dam, and,
1: money from damages yeah. from him. Um, meanwhile, the guy is has no. He can't do anything physically anymore because he heard himself drumming for Genesis in 2007 on tour because he couldn't let that go. Right. And he just, he's a, he's like, a, uh, he be, he's become like a, um, a cautionary tale. Yeah. Like sometimes it's okay to walk away from things. It's okay. It's okay to just move on and he just cannot. And it has completely destroyed him. And it's sad because I think there are elements of Phil Collins. I really like
0: me too. And I like a lot of his writing too. I he's, like, a, there's just, a, some great, he's a songs. smart, funny guy. He is a smart, funny guy. Yeah, he's I, got a good eye for pop culture, he's got a great ear for pop music, he's a good writer.
1: The he's problem not is Peter Gabriel. that's
0: the problem. The problem is you're looking at so in the great Phil Collins Peter Gabriel war, um, you know, Peter Gabriel is is he's a generational talent. The difference is uh Peter Gabriel is a critical darling. Absolutely. He has sold a shit ton of albums too. But, but whereas you know uh, Phil Collins is one of three people who sold over a hundred million albums in a band and solo like him Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. That's it. That's I mean crazy. that's elite level yes. pop sales. He's the
1: second richest drummer ever. Exactly. Wrinkle star. star. Right. I mean you, that, this is what you this know. is what we're talking about. But Here's my issue with that. But though. he's not. He is not
0: a critical darling but like Peter Gabriel. It's not fair
1: because Peter Gabriel left. Genesis. They didn't kick him out. No, he it left. wasn't that. No, but you can
0: see like. So think about who was listening to Genesis at the time. It was music nerds. Yes, it was dudes. It's like the people who listen to Rush. Prague rock is not for pop music, and, and I
1: don't really like that style. I can I can like you know, I, yeah. I can hear its greatness at times. I need pop sensibility. I like Me some. Too. I like some
0: Prague as long as like Tom Sawyer is one of my favorite um, rock songs ever. Don't like it. At it's all. Prague enough. That's, that's, like that's, that's as Too far as I go. Me. Yeah. Um, and like I said, selling England by the pound, that album I love and it's extended songs and different sweet, su- but it, it is gorgeous. It's beautiful, but it's that doesn't sell like so so those people the people who like that are now confronted with a pop like a guy who wants to write some softer tunes and some poppier tunes and they're like what the fuck is this so so he is like
1: looking up to Peter. like i'll never be this guy ever but even think about even in the, so but he gets unfairly matched up with this guy forever because yeah. even think of the 80s you remember this so like when this album comes out well yeah. a year later peter gabriel puts out a sledgehammer S- yes it's a so, so album, yeah right sledgehammer um big time big time which are not only amazingly well done songs they're also critical darlings yes and so and i remember at the time people were like making fun of susa studio yeah i know right and they're like oh look at this trash which i think is a good song it is a good song and they're like oh but like why can't the two guys just make their but it, it just they can't never get away from him it no sucks it's so sad for him. it
0: is really sad because the thing is as a drummer in genesis with peter gabriel there he was so important to that band i can't i i cannot overstate how good he is as a drummer on that album, on Selling By the Pound. There are things that he does on that album that I'm like, this makes the fucking song. He's so good. He also sings one of my favorite Genesis songs, which is More Fool Me, on that same album. It is a gorgeous song. It's beautiful,
1: soulful, acoustic songs. Beautiful. Why couldn't people just appreciate They should have. The fact that you, at one time, which is so fucked up to think about, because I'm too young to yeah. have been there. So you were obviously, you could have gone to a show and seeing peter gabriel and oh phil God. collins in the same band i would have that's i would have loved it that's loved crazy to see that. yeah so i mean but but that's not how it is that's not how that's not what that's not how the story was told no it became this weird thing and i i will say this too i know you love peter gabriel a lot love him. I, I like him i like him a lot he i don't think he does phil collins any favors probably he, not he, he 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 never quite quashed this thing and yeah I but think, he's all they're friends though he's on this album yeah, I guess I mean, you know, honestly, it's also Peter Gabriel is a lot more reclusive. He is. He's than, got a very private family. life. Phil Collins is yeah. and he it's not like him to go have a press conference and be like, hey, leave my buddy alone. No, but that's kind of what you need to happen or they need to do a tour together like the two of them. That would have been interesting. Actually. Something needed to happen to help.
0: But I wonder if Phil Collins was or, or I wonder if um, if Peter Gabriel was, was kind of annoyed with Phil too. Phil seems like kind of a dick. He can't let stuff go. He can't let stuff go.
1: Yeah, But if he was such a dick, why would the other guys want him to be the singer?
0: Oh, because he was so good at it because he was singing all the parts. He was like, learn, you know, when they were doing all those auditions, he's like, sing it like this, sing it like this. And so then yeah. the rest of the band, yeah, was what like, are we well, doing here? Phil, you can do, it. I mean, Phil has a good voice.
1: Oh, I think he has a very it's, good voice.
0: It's not, I mean, Peter Gabriel is one of my favorite I, voices I ever. I, I agrees, love, but we're doing but, it right. I know. I know, I know, I know. It's tough. It's tough to be an either or. Um, but even like when I was rediscovering these musicians in college, Peter Gabriel became a lot more important to me because I didn't really, of I mean, course. you know, I loved him growing up the stuff that was on the radio. It's more complex music. It's more complex music. So then I, I kind of felt like I had to decide and I was shitting on Phil Collins too. Like, look at this fucking poser because at that time too, you're at you're at like, I can't pass. You're you're just past like, I can't dance that style. And you're yeah, like, right
1: nah. I know. Yeah,
0: it was bullshit. And then you got the other members of Genesis who were doing in the living years, which is a shit song. It's like
1: this is not the genesis that I fucking no, know. it's not, right. You You're know? Right. So, no, oh, it's no, tough. Another thing, look at the album covers. So, Peter Gabriel um, had this cool idea, and uh, he would put out album covers that would just say Peter Gabriel, and it was different pictures. Yep. And his idea was he wanted to almost be like a magazine. You get once a year, like an annual. Yeah. And then each... Now, these didn't come out every year, but that was kind no. of just his idea, was that that idea. So he has four albums, and fans of Peter Gabriels, I'm sure you know, they call the albums, like one is called Melts. Melts. Melt. Yeah. One is a picture of Peter Gabriel's fa- face, yeah. but it just says Peter Gabriel, but fans refer to it as melt. Yeah. Okay? So what does Phil Collins do when he does his solo career? He has a theme with his album covers, and it's just his face. <laughs> yes. And uh, and also, Peter Gabriel was big on having his font say the same. So what does Peter Gabriel... Uh, Collins Collins do, his is, the Collins is the same in all these albums God, damn. and you're like you know that it's like he couldn't it's almost like he got sucked into the shadow
0: i understand that like there have been certain musicians that i've been friends with where i felt like i needed to um i needed to measure myself against yeah. or earlier on right where i'm like oh my god these guys are so like my buddy rob is a fit fa- like one of my favorite writers i should i i'm gonna send you some of his music sometime because you'll love it it's it's a, he does amazing amazing work and i'm always like i'm not good enough that guy, like I'm not good yeah. enough. Yeah. So you, you know, you try to like elevate yourself, elevate or emulate, and you kind of come off looking like a poser when you do that. You do, and he <laughs> does with the album cover. You can't, thing.
1: You got to be yourself. That's it. Yeah, I, I, absolutely right. And like, but he couldn't. Look could at the very first song he puts out is, um, it
0: uh, was a yeah. or was it? No, uh, it's uh,
1: in the air tonight. Oh, in the air tonight. Um, that's actually it's such a great song. But it's too. a such a drum song, right? It's it the is. very first song he puts out as a solo artist. That's right. First track on it, so. Uh, but you know, that must have been some sort of rebuke. Cause you know, yeah. he in his head. Yep. And, he's in his head. Um, yeah, he must've been, I actually, I read story. He was really insecure about
0: singing, um, in Genesis in the beginning. How can you not be? Oh, cause you're measuring up to, yeah. yeah who's, who's not only is he got a great voice. But he's a phenomenal entertainer. I mean, he did weird stuff like weird costumes, I, one of the Peter Gabriel show that I saw in the mid two thousands was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my entire life. He was it was in the Fleet Center. Well, I think it was at the Fleet Center at the time. No TD Bank North Center, whatever. Um, in the round, so it was a round stage. It had a conveyor belt going around the outside of it that the band was standing on. So they were twirling around the stage. It had this big like truss system, round truss system above it that he would get repel. He would get bungee corded up to and walk upside down on this fucking thing. It had this big balloon felt almost like a like a hot air balloon come down from it that would inflate. It was giant and it would be projecting like colors off of and then images off of it It was so huge and elaborate and beautiful and scripted. He like knows how to be a showman and then Phil was just this kind of like this dude.
1: But look at the, look at the video. Did you
0: watch the video for this song? Yeah, it's a funny one. It's yeah. funny, right? It is and funny. It, like, yeah. He's like
1: kind of mocking he other videos, and it's funny. It's like satire. is funny. Yeah. But okay, so this video was when it came out was not iconic, but got, no, like, but it was fun. And it people was fun. Enjoyed it. But then look what what happen to you later. Peter Gabriel yeah. puts out Sledgehammer right. time, which are some of the most creative and visually stunning things you've ever seen. Yep. Even now, like yep. watch it. Yes, the effects don't don't age well, but no, but, still. but just look at the creative vision there. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Uh, you you're like I, I i i get it
0: the other thing is like peter gabriel is using like found objects and turning those into percussion like he is right. a, he is an auteur right he is like the kind of guy that is like i'm gonna find the thing that's in my head and make it so even if that doesn't exist he's
1: that kind but of guy but doesn't it suck that like phil collins just can't does be suck. a good pop artist because phil collins is a really good pop artist but not only that he's better than that he is he is actually he's a re, he's really smart
0: with his writing really smart yes really smart he is very 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 good it's just Peter gabriel's i mean is to it, me is a crea-
1: is even tell
0: yeah. more creatively gifted I mean, than he, he colins he's done um he's done uh did the last temptation of christ he did um he's done a few scores
1: and then, and then peter uh poor phil collins did a movie in the 80s called buster 1988 <laughs> which had two hit songs on but the movie like he, he wanted to be like a leading actor it was, it and it's just like it work. doesn't work yeah, and we made symbol. half a million dollars and you're like uh, yeah you know and
0: he's just trying to trying to measure up that must be really hard i it mean I, be, it's oh, kind he, of like little brother big brother always, scenario you're, you're, you're like, always you're trying You're
1: to always it. in the shadow it's uh, well it's, i mean they made a great movie about it fucking amadeus i mean yeah. that's what this is i mean you know and but it sucks because phil collins is is this album is is great. This is this a great, great. This is top great. album. This is a fun listen. You have four top tens. <laughs> I mean, four fucking top tens. And all
0: four songs are really good. Take me home to studio one more night and don't lose my number.
1: One more night's the weakest of those two yeah, for is. me. It's still um, good though. It's still good. It's a great pop song. Yeah, it's good. Um,. The one we're covering today, don't lose my number. Is is, <sighs> is the best fantastic. one, fantastic, yeah, and one. it is so of its time. It really is. Like you put that on, you feel like you're in 1985 again. I, I you really do. It is. It is a which is which is which isn't a um that's not a knock. It's a it's a compliment. Absolutely. Um, because a I love this time. So yep. and it makes it if you're not happy after hearing that song, if you're not like I know get a, like
0: it's the same drum rhythm too that that has modern um modern love. It's that same drum beat. It's the the drum beat that happened like all my favorite. My favorite, like, up-tempo songs have this drum beat. I fucking love it. This album, though, just, uh, it's his most successful, of course. No jacket required. Won three Grammys, sold 25 million records. That's a lot.
1: That's a lot. Well, this album was huge. This huge, was a huge album. Huge, huge. What's the last song on this album? So I'm trying to look up right now. Um, um, I don't remember. Oh, I'm sorry, not the last one, but Take Me Home. Yeah, take me home. Take me home is a great, a great song. fucking song. Yeah, that is that's my second favorite song on this album. It's a great one. That is a
0: really good song. It has a great rhythm that do 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 like has these little like sprinkle percussion things. Or yeah, it's a really pretty song.
1: This is a really good album. If you haven't listened in a while, I definitely recommend going back and giving it a whirl.
0: So I know we've been talking about this, and I didn't know that we were going to get so much into the Gabriel. It I makes know, sense that came. No, it. Not, and I'm with you on it. Yeah. It's totally fine. But I did want to talk about this song a little bit more because okay. I want to play a, a couple things. We talked about the production on this is so awesome. Listen to this. Listen to the end of the bridge where they just cut and there's space. What? <laughs> and it pops song? And it's like, and the thing, so now you would hear cuts like that a little bit more frequently because with digital recording, we can do it a lot easier. That's like, Never happened. That's it's cr- insane. It, it's crazy.
1: It is in the middle of the song,
0: out of nowhere. And then he d- he does it again, but in a more subtle way. He does it with a guitar slide. Right after that, they go back into the I think the chorus. Here it is. After the guitar solo,
1: right? Yes. With that solo, so good, so, it's so good, awesome. It's out of nowhere, it, and it's like the, the the song does evolve. as You listen to it, yeah, and it's. But yet it never loses its identity. It's a really... So it is such a fun listen. And it's a kind of listen, too, because of those those things like that. It makes it uh, so re-listenable. Yes. So, like, I actually... Listen, I don't usually do this. So I'll play this song once on the way over here, and then I just kind of go to dead space, and I yeah. kind of just get my thoughts in order. Yeah, yeah. But I had such a fun time listening to it. I did... <laughs> I, pre- I played it twice on the way over here, and then I got to your house, but... Um, but I've also been listening to that album the last two days, like, nonstop. It's so good. So, I, I must... Yeah, I, and I'm I'm not bored with it. Like, it's so good. That's I, the thing.
0: I, I say it all the time. It's the details. It's the little details that show the love, show the craftsmanship. If you're, you know... There are certain people who can get away with just playing an acoustic guitar and singing and they just got enough character in their voice so their lyrics are really good and it's compelling. But then there are other people who just like really think about all the details. Every single level of the song, all the production levels of the song and they do little, little fun things like this is the other one. The, he uses this delay on his voice, his echo on his voice only on certain, not throughout, only on certain words. Here it is. We- Right? The back, back, yep. back, back. Just on a couple words, he does it in the song. It's just this little detail. It would be too much if he did it all the time, but just because he does it a few times, it's right. like this little nugget. The thing that kills me about this song that I love so much about it, though, is the chorus. The chorus is. <sighs> Let me find the chorus. Here it is. He is such a smart writer. He the way that he phrases the chorus is odd. And because it's odd, it catches me off guard and it like excites me. Um, We've talked about uh, rhythms in music before and like how things are grouped in music. The reason why, so music notation is really, important because what it does is it tries to take something and it's hard to do. You're trying to take something that you hear and put it in a visual format so that someone else can look at it later and reproduce it. It's hard to do. Pictures are easy because it's just like you've seen a, a staff before they're like lines and spaces. Pictures are easy if the you know if the note is in this space, it's this it's this particular note. That's easy. But rhythms are a lot harder. But when we write rhythms, so, so you could write music on a score and if say if it were just like this long string of notes, it would be really hard to your, your eye would have a hard time like conceptualizing it. You would have a hard time reproducing it in order for our brains to understand it really well. We have to section music out into smaller, smaller, smaller segments. And those smaller segments are first a phrase. So a phrase is like like a blue song has um, 12 bar or eight or or 16 bar phrases and it's sort of it's like this musical thought that has an end and then kind of starts again you know back to one but phrases are made up of even smaller segments called measures which we also call bars and i um i'm going to do a a video to to describe this as well but i'm showing chris i've got a little a little board here but you see how each i've sectioned off all these all these you know sections of four beats Mm -hmm. those are all measures okay and then our brains are really good at seeing things in terms of twos and threes and fours. Like we're really good at recognizing those numbers very easily. Like if we saw a string of 13 notes or something, we wouldn't be able to easily recognize that as the number 13, but twos, threes and fours is very easy for us. So what's very common in music is we use um, groups of four mm-hmm. and we call groups of four, um, four beats in a measure 4 four time or common time. And what that means is there are, there's the equivalent of four quarter notes, in every measure. And that's what I've drawn here. See these one, two, three, those are quarter notes. Now I say the equivalent because it could be two half notes because each half note has two quarter notes in it. Mm -hmm. So a four, four measure could have two half notes. It could have four quarter notes. It could have one whole note or it could have eight eighth notes. Mm -hmm. Those are all equivalent to four, four or any combination of that. Like one whole note or sorry, one half note and two quarter notes would be right. And it's just a way to group these so that, we can interpret it very easy. But why do we group it in these ways, in this way? We group it because of the emphasis that we're putting on um, certain parts of the song. Something that's four-four time, there's more emphasis every beat one. So one, two, one, two, three, four. In something that's three-four time, it would be emphasis on one, but it would be uh, like one, two, three, one, two. You feel the difference, right? It's where the emphasis is on. And if there's an emphasis in a group of three, it feels different than an emphasis of a group of four. Can you, you can kind of understand that? Mm -hmm. So this song is in four, four time. So it's mm two, three, four, one, two, right? But it's a weird fucking phrase. When you count it and I'll play it and I'll count it. When we count it in four, four time, the emphasis, he shifts the emphasis because he's got this, He's got this pickup, um where he sings, um' Cause you're not anywhere that feels like he's landed on one again, but it's in the middle of a fucking measure. It's really fucked up, so I'm gonna play it for you Two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. it feels like we're on feels like we should, like he started like he started again on beat three because of that pickup because mm-hmm. you're not so then the question is. If we, if we sing, if we count that as four, four time, by the time we get to here and he changes that up, it feels like we're off. So counting it is like this mind fuck. It feels like, like I'm, I'm counting on the beat that he's not on anymore. So then what do you do about that? Well, oh, and, and so it is a standard phrase. Like it is eight measures of four, four. If you were to just sort of discount that pickup and the feeling weird, it does. The phrase does conform Two, eight bars of four, four, but it just the feel is different. So what do you do about that? It feels to me that he puts a two-four bar, a group of two in there in the middle of there. So I'll count that for you. One, two, three, four, one, two, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, one, two, three, four. See the difference there? There was like a group of because you're not anywhere. He goes like a group of two and then back to four. But then the problem with thinking about it that way is by the time you get here again, he changes the emphasis again and it feels like you're off again. So, like this will feel weird. One, two, three. One, two, three, four. One, Because one, two, one, two, when he gets to the anywhere, it feels like he starts over again because you're not anywhere. It feels like that should be one again. But then if you put the two, four in there, you're in the middle of another measure. So neither way that you count this works out. Because of where he's putting the emphasis, which is like it's it's beautiful for me it's like something that calls my attention it's like this is different so how, then so then the, so then of course, I asked myself, like, how would I count this or how would I write this out so that someone else would understand because the whole point of doing musical notation is to is to give it to someone so that they understand what you mean so they can reproduce it. I think I would do it in a way that probably most other people wouldn't do it. I would actually put two groups of two right in a row. I would go a 2-4 measure and a 2-4 measure right in a row, which people would say, well, if you're going to do a 2-4 and a 2-4, just call it a 4-4 fucking measure. But then, the, but then it doesn't describe the emphasis of what's happening. So let me, let me sing it with a 2-4 and the 2-4 back-to-back so you can hear it. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, one, two. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Doesn't that does it feel better? Can you, can you understand the difference? If, a little bit. I mean, feels better when you're grouping in two, in, in terms of two, two back in a row. Yeah. Then either this way or this way, either the straight four, four all the way through or only one, two, four bar, bar measure, measure in there. So it's that type of stuff. It's like playing with the way it feels. And so what does this mean to the listener? What it means, you know, if you're not a fucking music nerd like I am, it just means that he's playing with the feel. So it makes it more interesting because you're caught off guard. It's surprising. It's something different. It's something you're not going to find in just a standard fucking pop tune. It's something where he put a little bit extra thought in to create something a little bit different. Creating that different phrase makes that song for me. I fucking love it.
1: It's great. I want criticism of this song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the lyrics are, and he's admitted it. They're completely improvised. Oh, yeah. They don't make any sense. No. Um, it would have be been nice if the song made sense? That would have been
0: one extra layer. That probably would have put it into the stratosphere of an awesome song. If these were really meaningful lyrics. I don't know why lyrics.
1: he did that. He did the same thing with Sister Studio. He's not a great, but just, you can probably make something make sense, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't like it either. It's too vague. It's too bad. It's too bad.
0: Um, my one I'm fine with it because so his the melody is so good too it's beautiful like not just in the chorus but the 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 verse melody is really awesome it's a beautiful melody the my one criticism is the guitar solo is not very good he's playing kind of the melody in a different key which is a very it feels a little bit there's not enough of of like the sort of the sweet kind of home notes that make you feel like okay we're we've landed in a place that makes sense to me it's a little too too trying too hard for uh the guitar player but i love this song this will definitely hit my top five i'm not sure exactly where i gotta i gotta put in there but we're very lucky to get Uh aha and then yes don't lose my number yes take take
1: on me my favorite song ever this is this might this could crack it I have to look it's it's, it's, it's in the argument for sure it's a great song
0: yeah uh Um, that's it so i I think it's completely brilliant and i know we'll run into phil collins some more and that'll be fun to talk about
1: peter gabriel as well Um, yeah definitely So let's talk, I'm not going to talk a ton about Family Ties because we've actually gotten along a little bit here, Um, but I do just want to talk about the show in general and talk about where the show was at this point in time a little bit. Yeah. So the show, uh, Family Ties, if you've never seen it, it ran from 82 to 89. It actually premiered uh, eight days before Cheers, Mm. Um, So uh, and it was part of NBC's kind of uh, resurgence or resurgence. They never, this this show, Cheers, and the Cosby show. Yeah, made NBC just a. What
0: was it before? Was it just this fledgling? A, it was a rough wasteland. No,
1: yeah, it was a lot, a lot of nothing. They had SNL. Um, oh, okay. You know, in the late seventies, but um, a guy named Fred Silverman took over in the late seventies, and um, he had come over from ABC, which was very successful. So, like, oh, I NBC's mean, like, we got Silverman, and he ran it into the ground even more. <laughs> And then a uh, Brandon Tartikoff uh, came in, and he was a big reason. He greenlit all these shows, and he's a big reason mm. why NBC became a big deal. And uh, Warren Littlefield in the nineties was Tartikoff's like uh, uh, protege, and then he ended up kind of uh, you know shepherding it through the nineties with yeah. VR and Seinfeld, and things like that. Well, I guess you could say Tartikoff greenlit Seinfeld, but regardless, Tartikoff greenlit this. You know, uh, Cosby Show, sure, Hill Street Blues, St. Elsewhere, tons of shows. So um, it's premiered. Uh, it uh, the first season, it because NBC was still a rough network. I think it was 49th in the ratings. Oh wow, Cheers was last that season. No one was watching NBC. I see. And um, the show was pitched uh, by Gary David Goldberg. He's also the, the guy that uh, did Spin City. Um, He also did a show on CBS called Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Um, he's done a couple movies as well. Um, but Family Ties is his legacy. And he pitched it to NBC as uh, Hip Parents, Square Kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the idea being that all these baby boomers are now older and have kids of their own. And the kids, because it's the 80s, are more materialistic, materialistic more yeah. conservative. Right. Uh, and how is that relationship work? And uh, the show was pitched to uh, Meredith Baxter-Burney. And Stephen Gross is the parents. Yep. Bernie, Like we talked about earlier, was a very successful TV actress at the time. Yeah. Was easily the biggest name on the show. She's top-built. Yeah. She's top-built the entire run. Yeah. Um, which was nice of Michael J. Fox to not, to be an asshole about Yeah, because why? Right. I mean, right, right. just to be, and they got along very well. Yeah. Um, some people, unfortunately, would do that. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah Michael J. Fox is a classy guy. and did Yep. It. Um, so, Um. and, after about 10 episodes, it became pretty clear that the star of the show is not Mary Baxter, Bernie, and Stephen Gross's relationship. It's Michael J. Fox, Alex S- P.
0: Keaton. So I told you before we started the show, I watched the pilot. Yes. It is clear that he's going to be the star. Like, he is... I mean, they're they're good. I mean, she's great. They're the parents are great. They're it's, great. It's actually the acting in this, even with the kids, is pretty very fucking good.
1: good. Justine Bateman's very good in that role, but too. his timing it's is awesome, and he's just a young guy. Like, so, Steven Spielberg had the same opinion you did. Steven Steven Spielberg and Gary David Goldberg were actually uh, neighbors. Oh, um, and uh, they. Uh, in in like Venice Beach area they had had like whatever their third homes were first together <laughs> oh, right. and uh, Gary D. Ruhlberg, uh one of the first people to see uh, Family ties with Steven Spielberg and he said it's a very good show you have a monster hit in your hands but the kid playing the oldest son he's going to be a megastar he is yeah, yeah. Spielberg right away and just like just like he, he
0: does something and um, they the family almost cracks up at least almost she, she almost cracks up in the in this uh, in the scene they're all there's I don't know if you remember but they're sitting at the table um, he invites this like kind of Barbie she's just she's a really rich girl and he invites her over for dinner and they're sitting down and they ask her uh, the one of the parents asks her like what she's studying It's cool and she says ah you know and then later on Mallory like says the kind of calls calls that back and um, Michael J. Fox makes this motion like he's going to stab her with a fork yeah. and you see them almost lose it. He's, he's so good. He's so, he's so good he's right so there. Good. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's Yeah, I watched the pilot uh, before we, we taped. I watched the episode that would have premiered this, roughly this week yeah. in, in our time. So um, we're trying to get different looks at it. Uh, so the show uh, ends up being uh, a top 10 show by the third season. Yeah. And that's when he went and got the... Uh, the, the con- so, okay, how does this work with Back to the Future? So uh, Gary, David Goldberg, and Steven Spielberg, like we just said, were neighbors. Yeah. So Steven uh, Spielberg said, hey, I'm producing this movie, a Bob Zemeckis film. Uh, we want Michael J. Fox and Gary David Goldberg said, absolutely no chance. My lead actress, Meredith Baxter-Bernie, is pregnant. She has to take time away from the show. We're retooling the entire season around Alex, a because around Michael, because of his fame and also yeah, because
0: we're it be fucked. It's yeah. a top
1: 10 show now. You know, it's... Right. How it works in TV is if you last around five years is when you get syndication, you have to make 100 episodes, which is typically fifth season. Not that they were at risk of getting canceled, but in the 80s, the indication is how you become rich. I see. And Gary David Goldberg also, Ronald was a showrunner, but he owned the show. Ubu Productions. Good boy, Ubu. Oh, Sit yeah. down. That's yep. Gary David Goldberg's production company. Yep. So he had many reasons to make sure Michael J. Fox. I see. The one thing that's kind of shitty is that he took the script and put it in a death straw. Never showed Ooh, it to Michael J. Fox. That's fucking which rough. Which I think is... That's really shitty. That's kind of rough. He didn't want to alienate his star. He didn't want to, um, cause, cause he, if he, he showed him, Michael, he knew Michael J. Fox would okay. be
0: like, I want to, yeah. so,
1: uh, they end up, we, we talked about it on the Anaconda episode. Uh, Eric Stoltz of course does it. And we talked about back to gets fired. Yeah. Uh, when that happens, Bob Zemeckis and Gary and Spielberg called Gary David Goldberg up and said, listen, here's the deal. We need Michael J. Fox's movie. We'll give you whatever you want. Yeah. On top of that, um, we need him to start doing it this weekend because <laughs> we've already started production. We're four weeks in. We're fucked. We need so it. we need it like now. Yeah. And Gary Eber Gober gave them a very large number, and they said okay. And um, like how large? Well, I don't. Nobody knows. It's. I mean, it's. I don't know. Like ten million dollars. I something? doubt it. Yeah. I, I take the under. But like a million. Pro- probably between a half million and a million. Okay, if that's still it, yeah. It's a lot of money. It's still, just, just, yeah, just to it, get an actor,
0: but a major production like that. Right, You know, I mean, they, they could afford it.
1: I mean, Back to the Future was $6 million over budget, I believe. When it's all said and done, you got to imagine part of that $6 million was this. Because they also paid Eric Stoltz's full salary. Which oh, right. Didn't and to Michael, yeah. didn't want to be done. So, yes. So, um, I bet I would believe this. I'll put it this way. I bet they paid Gary David Goldberg more money for it than Michael D. Fox made. I'll put it that way. You're do probably do. right. Um, so... Like we just said didn't even look at the script immediately signed on how it worked Oh, so the other good thing was because Eric Stoltz debacle had happened. Uh, a lot of the Meredith Baxter Bernie I believe was back from pregnancy. Yeah, so they didn't need him as much. I see. So there's another reason they okayed that. The other interest. So how it works was this. So how TV works. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but uh, it typically is a Monday through Friday. It's like a nine to five. Oh really? And you get your script on Monday. You do a, a table read. Yep. And then you rehearse Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is typically a dress, and then Fridays when you do it in front of a live audience. It's very much nine to five. That's why you see a lot of TV star, movie stars, especially in the nineties and uh, early two thousands, go do network TV because they have kids. They want to get their yeah. kids off to school. Yep. Pick their kids up. It's yep. just a really good.
0: That's a good schedule. Right. Right. Compared
1: to a movie where you're on different locations, movies typically shoot for one to three months. You're in all sorts of different places. Yep. You're not working a nine to five. You'll be in your trailer all day to shoot a three minute spot. Yeah, movies are very time consuming. Um, it, it's just a long process because there's so many different hands you have to get. It's just it's a it's a, right. it's a big deal. Um, so <laughs> poor Michael J. Fox. So he would work, Family Ties from nine to five. Uh, then he would be driven from a private car to the well, a Back to the Future set. This is all in LA, by the way. Yeah. Um, Thank God it was all shooting in California. Um, He then would do Back to the Future until 3 or 4 a.m. Jesus. A crew person would drive him home. Michael like Fox typically would fall asleep in the car and the crew person would then pick him up and carry him into bed and put him to bed <laughs> and then the next morning the private car is with, this is, you know, now, now he's, to prison, he's not driving to work anymore. Now he's a big star. Right. So he'd have his private car service pick him up in the morning and bring him to Family Ties. He was so exhausted that there were at one point he had a panic attack backstage of Family Ties because mm. he was looking for his camcorder. Uh. Which is the right prop that he would use in back to the future right but he was so confused and overwhelmed he's like he was asking i think it might have been teeny others he's like where's my camcorder and she's like what wrong, are you talking side, about wrong yeah she's why do you need a camcorder up. for yeah. he's like oh my god he's like he had, you know he had no idea yeah uh and he was just and then during the weekends where typically weekends tvs are off you have weekends off another reason People like to do it. Probably not in a movie. No, you're doing all your daytime shots there. So he's just every ah oh, yeah, he's must just, have been rough. You know, even movies typically won't something like this might not shoot in the weekends. They might have the weekends off. Movie lots and weekends usually quieter. Not Back to the Future. They were already up against a tight time schedule because sure. they were delayed. They also had other delays. It was a it was a, a really. Crazy shoot, but Michael J. Fox, by all involved, say that he couldn't have been a friendlier person on either set, couldn't have been nicer guy. And and so then he does this movie, becomes a huge hit. Does Teen Wolf becomes a huge hit. Yes. How it works with TV contracts is you're in five years and you're out. So like ER, George Clooney did his five years and he left. Huh. Right. Huge movie star went left. Michael J. Fox could have left. He stuck around two more years, which is a incredibly. It's a generous thing. Yeah. For for the rest of the people. It's a real because. You know, when you quit a show, you're like, all right, well, you know, Meredith Baxter is still going to get her syndication dollars, or, or maybe you could keep the show going or whatever, who knows. But he really was committed to the quality of the show. They were allowing him on some casting decisions, yep. including people who played his girlfriend, which is going to lead me into this story I'm mm-hmm. going to tell, and other things. So he had some power, um, but it was really cool him to stick around. So this week in history is even this, this is the craziest time. I can't imagine being Michael like Fox as a human being this time. So we mentioned before he has Best Future. he has yep. teen wolf yep. he has this show this typically tv tasted a month ahead of time so i'm guessing this was taping late august of 1985 which means he had the number one number two movie at the same time yes the it was the season four pilot which tv guide has said is the 76th best episode ever in tv it's really? actually a very good episode
0: i'm sure i saw it i watched all these as a kid but yeah I don't i'm sure you did
1: too it's the episode where he meets ellen um, It's a college girlfriend of his, not Courtney Cox. It's the one before that. All right. And uh, that woman uh, ends up becoming his wife, his In, real life wife. Oh, That's really? Who he's married to to this day. Wow. Um, uh, Tracy Pollan is yeah. her name. And so you see on camera, like their first, I guess not, they probably rehearsed it, but whatever, their first kiss sure. on screen. Yeah. You know, you see all of these things happen and their chemistry is instant. Mm. But I found a cool back uh, backstage story. So, they auditioned everybody and he was involved in the casting and he got to pick who his girlfriend was because he's Michael J. Fox and right. right, which is fine. Yeah. And um, he picks her and they have a scene, the very first time they meet, they fight and it's actually really good. They have instant chemistry. You totally buy it. They're really good. And, but ends up backstage, they, so uh, at the end of the episode, they kiss. They have a, a slow dance and they're kissed. They were eat, all eating lunch together. Like we said, Michael J. Fox, I see lunch the casting crew yes. and she had um, like a garlic, um, like sandwich. <laughs> So they're about to tape this kiss. And he's like, you know, I got to tell you, you're You're so garlicky. You're so, you're, you're really out of control with the garlic right now. And he was really giving her a hard time in front of everybody. Everyone's kind of laughing, having a good time. And she says in front of everybody, she's meanwhile, she's a nobody actress. Yeah. She was dating Kevin Bacon at the time, but she's a nobody. And she goes, that's rude. And you're a fucking asshole. Whoa. Yeah. He says, I instantly fell in love. Because Al, the balls in this one, yes, she was dating Kevin Bacon. So she wasn't like, yeah, but that's like not- she didn't have a career. No. This was something that the idea was they were going to parlay this into uh, being a regular on the show potentially. Yeah. And so she had, yeah. she told the biggest star in the world that he was an asshole. He was an asshole. And he's like, I was an asshole. That was rude of me. So, like, she called him out on his bullshit. He was just being flirtatious, but that's tough in front of a lot of people. A lot, a lot he was, people. but and also he has all status. Yeah, he, he does has have has all status, the power. Right, They're going to fake, he's like the boss at that point. I mean, yeah. he, Gary David Goldberg's a showrunner, but Michael J. Fox, if yeah, he says- it's his show. Yeah, it's his show. Yeah. He, you know, he yeah. didn't pull that shit very often, it sounds like, but he could have. Right. So, right, and but for her to do this, nobody to do that, uh, you know, she's basically, you know, it's, it's, and she, he was instantly smitten, and she was dating Kevin Bacon, and- Laura and I actually were home. we were going through old people magazines trying to find out like online. Yeah. And they, she was dating. It sounds like she got Kevin Bacon, like for Michael J. Fox, yeah. but the good news is Kevin Bacon. Then instantly, uh, met Kara Sedgwick who he's still married to. Oh
0: yeah, that's right. And yeah. Then, that makes sense.
1: Um, Tracy Pollan ends up, you know, and, uh, they actually both got married. Both couples got married in 88. Both still together. Which uh-huh. cool. And obviously we mentioned earlier, she helped him out with a lot park and stuff. They're yeah. still together. They seem like the coolest couple ever. Um, but yeah so and then so she was in season four and then she left the show i don't know i i I don't know it's because maybe they were starting to really date pretty seriously and maybe they kind of want to separate church and state a little bit um and um because her how that season ends is they're at a bus station it's very good it's just really well done like that that relationship's really well crafted yeah yeah she's beautiful she's so cute in, in that show she and, and he's and he's so great. And he's so handsome. It's, a, it's such a great and they're both really charismatic It's such a really good episode. So if you're ever looking to go back and watch family ties uh, season four, episode one of that season is, is fantastic It's a great one, um, but
0: I love seeing the pilot too because I mean it's still that's one of the better pilots I've seen like it it's looks, a really good pilot. It's it looks together. It
1: is a great show. Yeah. I uh, it the TV um, the book is a great book by Matt Zora Sice and Alan Seppenwald and I was looking through it. They don't have it their top 100 shows. That
0: seems weird. <laughs> It's particularly something that's lasted that long.
1: They're very political. One of it's because Alex was a conservative, but it, it but Gary David was a liberal. It was me. It's like Archie Bunker. Like, yeah, exactly. He gets his come a lot,
0: right? Oh yeah, yeah. So apologize all the time. Yeah, for shit. Exactly. yeah. Like, right.
1: I, I'm like, that seems weird. I don't, I don't, how do you not have that? So Laura watched me and Laura had never really seen family ties. She's younger and she's like, I, she, she says, I can't believe after cheers and family ties, how good these '80s shows were, right? I'm like, well, not all of them were that good. No, but these two really were. So I think I'm, I'm going to get the box set. We're going to watch these. Yeah, that it's, sounds it's like fun. It's it's a great rewatch. I w- I had a smile on face the entire time. Yeah, I liked watching it. So many great characters. You have like Nick uh Mallory's dumb boyfriend in the later seasons. You have Skippy the dumb neighbor. Yes. Um who's who's great uh you have all these great characters. You have some great Tom Hanks guested on the show three times. Uh Gina Davis is a guest on oh, one of really? the shows. Yeah. Jesus. She <laughs> plays um, like the nanny and Alex wants to go out with her and it's it's just a it's just a, such a crisp smart show. Yep. you mentioned oh, the acting is so good. I don't know. I'm a big, I'm a huge family ties advocate. Yeah. Yeah. Can't say anything with about family ties. Maybe Brian, Mike and I should do a family Ties tie. <laughs> <and pre-watch laughs> that then Kirk and then mock six. You make,
0: that, that would happen.
1: Yeah, but really doesn't. <laughs> 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 um, but yes, uh, family ties is great. Uh, teen wolf B minus. Yeah. Fun to watch What though. do you give this song?
0: Oh, this is an a song.
1: I a, give it a minus, but a, a, I can't. This is amazing it's amazing.
0: Pop tune. Yeah. I mean, awesome.
1: we're back on uh Wednesday with, uh, the Meg and a Drake song. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the Yeah, we don't it's know. probably awesome
0: oh, yeah, so drake song and yeah and, we're in 2018 the meg.
1: we're in 2018 oh the meg
0: right 2018 yeah that's pretty recent
1: which i've never seen so i have no i have not seen it heard either. song either so i'm going in complete this is i a haven't very, heard the song i have never seen any of these movies and i i don't think i've heard any of the songs so at least i don't recognize them i don't recognize name. any of them so this is going to be a really odd experience i'm
0: actually i think week. it's going to be challenging for me honestly
1: i'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to right. I feel like a real new movie critic. Finally, a little I just, bit. I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna, yeah,
0: I'm gonna go into it with a clean slate.
1: We I we've never done something. But we have no emotional connection to the stuff we're covering. This is really strange. It's rare that we find
0: a movie that I haven't seen. That I think it's happened a couple times. Oh, because we just did uh, Titanic.
1: Are we uh, uh, um, presumed innocent. We hadn't seen. Oh, I'd seen that in my. Oh, had yeah. you? Oh, yeah, I'd seen that. Grown up. Yep. I thought you hadn't seen that one. No, I saw that one. Yeah. That one I hadn't seen. But there, had,
0: there's, there haven't been that many. There's been
1: about five movies we've covered. All oh, the Chipmunks we haven't seen. Besides, oh, yeah, of course. I hadn't seen. Beside. Oh, right. I haven't seen. Mm, I think that's. No, I didn't see. There's about either. five, ten movies we've covered I haven't seen. But all three of these, I, I feel like a real movie critic. I, I'm excited. Because I, I don't have any emotional attachment. And I'm able to actually cover. Now, this also might make the show weaker next week. Who knows? Like, I don't know if the show will be good next week. I wonder how many people are going to like, like a lot of times the show, like we'll get a lot of downloads because people recognize. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I know when I, if I go back and listen, to when I used to listen to rewatchables, you would go and pick one. I think you know. the first thing I'm going to pick and eventually when I listen to all those, I then watch movies I didn't know as well. Yeah. But my first instinct is to go to movies I've seen. Right. And if I, like I wonder if going download be really low next week. I don't know. The Meg was a big movie. It made a lot of money. And so was Crazy Race Agents, but I right. think because you haven't had time to watch them, yeah. less people have seen them, That's even true. though it might have made a lot in the box office. People have had 35 years to see Teen Wolf. People right. have had two years to see The Meg. That's and right. I just think that really limits you, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will be our biggest episode. Could be. Um... I don't know that was a lot of fun. Any anything
0: else you can think of? This was a really
1: fun. this might have been our best episode of the week. Yeah, it was really fun. Right? Yeah. Was this our best was it better than the P Wee? I think we went back to feature one. Think so. it was just more fun. This yeah, it's more fun. This is our best Cuz there's so like this is two things. Time are fun. Where we've done this we got no offense to Patreon people but ideally their best episode the, Yeah,
0: to the, the public. We want to give you the give <laughs> <laughs> you guys the, the, shitty words, end of the stick of <laughs> No. No, I think yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. I'll see you guys. I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday.
0: On Wednesday. Bye.